Hello and welcome back to This Is How We Do It with Steph and Jeff. This episode, we are going to talk about how to grow your business. This is probably the question we get asked the most, and so I'm really excited to dive into this. But before we do that, um, do you have any updates, personal, business? We are in the midst of moving into the new studio, which is exciting. I know we talked about that last time, but mm-hmm. we're in the thick of moving over now. So This week? Yeah. We are also planning on leaving next week mm-hmm. <laughs> for three weeks. To go to Michigan, mm-hmm. which is a big deal, not only because it's an exciting trip, but yeah. it's the first With time we've left little the business. With four little kids, business. pray for us. That's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's the first time we left the business for this extended period of time. So yeah. that's another big thing for us and we're excited about because we have an awesome team mm-hmm. that's going to take care of it. But We've been doing deal. a lot of like prep mm-hmm. to prepare to leave. Yeah. Um, so getting all of our ducks in a row. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. Okay, do you want to jump in? Let's do it. Do you want to lead us? All right. So like I said at the top of this, we get asked a lot through our Instagram um, direct messages, um, how how do you grow your business? Um, and so we thought that this would be a good topic to to touch on. And so starting off, I think one of the things that, one of the ways that I always respond is that I feel like you really have to know who you are within your industry. Um, because if you don't know who you are, that's going to be really confusing to the customer. Mm -hmm. And so I think just thinking about, we touched on this a little bit in the, in the last episode about how to start, but really honing in on your own strengths, um, things that people have always told you you're good at, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of wrapping your business up in those things. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, um, we are in the clay earring jewelry industry. And there are a lot of amazing companies out there doing like super cool things. Um, but I think when I think about who I am and things that I've always enjoyed, one of the things that really stood out to me was styling. Mm -hmm. So I have been, gosh, even since I was like a little kid. I remember I just loved pairing outfits together. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved pattern mixing. Mm-hmm. Like um, I was, I would wear, you know, leopard skirt with like a graphic top or anything that normally you wouldn't think would go together. I would always try to like push that edge a little bit and <laughs> would enjoy kind of having that be a creative outlet for me. And so I feel like this is such an extension um, of that personality of mine because Mm -hmm. I get to play around with patterns and colors through the clay. And I think that's kind of become a staple of clay by Steph. Um, And then the styling side too, I think that's something that I really enjoy to do, enjoy doing. I love putting on different outfits and showing people how to wear their earrings. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's something that doesn't come as natural to them um, that I love doing. And so I think that's my example, but I think just, running your business out of a place of authenticity um, and growing it from that place instead of like we touched on last time, you know, looking to your left and your right and trying to just um, imitate what you see. I think that would be my first step for how to grow. Yeah. I think um, sometimes you don't even know what that is in the beginning. Like I don't think you necessarily recognize the pattern mixing up front. 
it was just kind of this is who you were and then you realize the common correlation of like the thread of your story and uh, even I remember when we first moved into our first apartment in Malibu after we got married um, I think like the first day we moved in (laughs) you had taken Polaroid pictures of every single outfit combination you had and put them all I think I was unemployed at this point (laughs) I had a lot of time on my hands you took pictures I'm pretty sure they're Polaroids and then taped every single one with double-sided tape to the back of a closet door so that way you could just open the door in the morning and be like oh I want to do this and this and, and mix it and visually see it. Yeah. And so that was like one thing that I remember once we started to do more pattern mixing and saw how people respond like, oh, this is something that you already were doing. So yeah. I guess the thought is to not to be discouraged if you're not quite sure like what that authentic thing is that you're bringing to the table other than showing up every day like we talked about in the last episode and seeing what people are responding to and then yeah. seeing, oh, like this makes sense given all the other elements of who I am. Yeah. So yeah. For sure. Um, you want to talk about the next? Point? Yeah. So I think the other thing is we talked about growing and as we, when it was just Steph in the beginning and then it was Steph and myself helping at night. And then as we made our first hires, the one common conversation that Steph and I had over and over again was about strategic versus tactical work and like the entrepreneur versus the technician. That's a lot of language that um, we've talked about in our Emith classes and Emith coaching that we'll link in the show notes. But the idea that you have to dedicate time to strategic work weekly. Mm-hmm. So they call it the Emith hour, which is really just, um, it's so easy to get bogged down with the urgent things and lose sight of the important things. And so you have to set aside time in your schedule and time management is so important to make sure that you are scheduling that time to focus on higher level business growth items and not just the fires that are constantly coming up or... Mm-hmm. Um, being able to set aside that time to think strategically is so powerful for the business. I know that was hard in the beginning because I was like, well, I got all these other things going on and I'm trying to raise my kids and be a good wife. Mm-hmm. I barely have time to make earrings right now. And so that was something that we really had to like figure out how we could make sure we could carve out that time. So that was mm-hmm. a big thing. What would that look like? Like what's an example of an emith hour? Like what would you work on? What's strategic work? Yeah. So I think maybe in the beginning of the business, Uh, And a good example of that would be, let's say you're posting on Instagram every day. Well, what are you trying to communicate through your Instagram posts? Like, have you taken a step back and really Mm -hmm. calculated and decided, like, here's our brand vision as a Mm -hmm. company and set aside two hours to think through your brand messaging Yeah, um, and think through what feelings you want the your customers to feel when they think about your brand. Yeah. What, uh, who's your target? Exactly. Your mm-hmm. target demographic, all those different types of things. Have you taken the time to set aside that? Or did you just start your business and then start posting on Instagram and you're not quite sure who your customer demographic is or what you want yeah. your brand messaging to be? Um, so that would be an example of setting aside the time up front to then save you time in the long run. Cause that's right. the goal of the strategic hour is that eventually you'll be spending more and more time doing the strategic things. That way you can save yourself the other time. Um, by delegating that down the line and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's a good example. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next one we want to talk about is being able to track your growth. So you can't grow if you don't know where you're starting from. I think, um, what's the quote that you yeah. like? Peter Drucker is a great managerial consultant and famous author. And he has this line that says, what, get me- what gets measured gets managed. And so we talk about that, like you were saying, in terms of, if you're not tracking something or if you're not constantly checking in on, on certain data points, you're not mm-hmm. going to know where you stand. I yeah. think you felt that before. If like there's no clarity on certain things, maybe you can. Yeah. Maybe you're just like that. looking 
only at one metric, for instance, like your follower count. Um, it's just, it's hard when you, you can't pull back the curtain on all the different yeah, you don't have a areas view. of your business and the health of it. So one of the things that Jeffrey and I did really early in our business, um, probably since we started, um, we would have weekly meetings with just Jeffrey and I, and it would be at six in the morning before our kids woke up on Tuesdays. Before I went to work. <laughs> before you went to work. And um, we would talk about one of the things we would talk about in our uh, weekly meeting was um, the scorecard, which you want to talk a little bit about some of the metrics that. So it's the scorecard is really just an Excel sheet or a dashboard of KPIs or key performance indicators. So to Steph's point about having a holistic view of the business, it's really easy emotionally to get invested in your follower count or how did your last Instagram post do or how many comments did you get? Did you get zero? Did you get one? And really have that kind of like, emotionally drain your day Mm -hmm. when in reality you should be focused on how the whole business is performing um, entirely and so the goal of that excel spreadsheet is we have a few different ones now depending on the thing that we're talking about we have our leadership excel spreadsheet for this has probably 12 or 14 different data points that Mm -hmm. range from instagram engagement rate that we see week over week versus um, how is our customer service and how many customer service things have we had pop up over the last week to the amount of positive reviews we received from our, our review average system generator review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to f- financial metrics. So we have a large range of them. But in the beginning, they're probably like four. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, you don't need many. Like, um, So it's, it's more what things do you value as you're growing your business? One of them for us was Instagram engagement rate. You just didn't want to have a long, big follower count. We with low engagement. An, yeah, we wanted yeah. to have an engaged community with us. So that was like the first data point we had. Mm-hmm. Story um, views was another story one. Story views, yeah. How many people are actually watching the stories and want to see the deeper form content? Mm-hmm. So it's it's obviously grown and expanded a lot more than that. And I guess, um, like I was alluding to, there's all sorts now with financial and all those other items that we're tracking. But the goal of this scorecard is that if you were on a desert island or somewhere far away and you weren't connected to the business, let's say it's not just you running the shop anymore, you and a few people, it's, it's a larger company, um, you would want to be able to just pull up this dashboard and know exactly how your company is doing and if there's any things that are out of whack. So mm-hmm. for us, that's what this has become. We can know how fulfillment is doing and making sure the products are arriving to the right people mm-hmm. at the right time. Our customer service is performing well. Our mm-hmm. customers are happy because our reviews are good. Our engagement rate is good and our yep. finances are where they ought to be. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the idea of it is, and then we check it on that once a week yep. during our weekly meetings that we would have at 6 a.m., which aren't at 6 a.m. anymore. Yeah, thank but, goodness. I don't think any of the girls on our team would come to a 6 a.m. meeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's a great way to have a 10,000-foot view on the business. Mm-hmm. So and I think that, that really leads into the next... Um, part of our weekly meetings is sometimes when there is something off week over week on the scorecard, we'll then put it on our improvement spreadsheet. Yeah. So that's the next um, thing that we do in our weekly meetings, which again, now are, we used to have this when it was just Jeffrey and I, but now it's with our team of gals. Um, an improvement spreadsheet, this is just making sure that you're not um, dealing with the same problems week after week and they're never getting solved. Mm-hmm. Um, so throughout the week, as things pop up that feel frustrating, um, you just pull up this um, Google sheet and you can put it on there. And then at our weekly meeting, that's the time to discuss it. So um, you'll identify the problem, you'll discuss it, and then you'll solve it. And there'll mm-hmm. be like a tangible next steps for it. Um, am I explaining that right? Yeah, exactly. So the whole point is 
things will always go wrong in business. And the, that's like we talked about the dip. Mm-hmm. Not only emotionally will things go hard at times, but there's going to be problems that pop up. That's the how businesses succeed is that they learn to overcome problems quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's not a reoccurring problem. That's right. like the easy trap to fall into, especially when you're starting out or when you're growing. Mm-hmm. So for us, like a great example would be, let's say a package arrives at a customer's house and they only received one of the products and they ordered two. Mm-hmm. So customer service was a gal on our team, Haley or Allison gets an email and then they add that to the IDS and they, they obviously resolve the issue. Like you, you take care of it when it happens, but we add that to the IDS to say, hey, this problem happened. And then our weekly meeting, we know that we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way we don't have to stop what we're doing in the middle of a Wednesday and talk about, oh, this issue happened. We know that we can solve the issue and for the time being and then that Monday come to a permanent solution on why did this happen? Where did we go wrong in our system to yeah. make sure that we So what we evolve. ended up, we just had this yeah. actually, is that way you brought it up? Yeah. So what we ended up saying was um, with our fulfillment system, if it's just one person, it can be really easy human error. You can easily, you know, miss that number two on the packing slip and just throw in one earring. Um, so we said that we want a two person packing system. So mm-hmm. one person is grabbing the earrings and another person can verify. So it's, you know, has to go through two people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like the new system we put in place um, as a result of this issue coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes though, it's silly things like um, in the summers in the central Valley, there's a lot of flies. And so one week, Jeffrey, (laughs) Jeffrey put on the improvement sheet that the issue was there's a lot of flies in the studio. And is there a, what did you say? Aesthetically pleasing way to terminate them or something like that. <laughs> or like get rid of them. So we talked about this. Yeah. Women and I knew that the solution that I thought of, a huge tax strip that was like sticky and hanging from the ceiling, wasn't gonna be very appealing. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of something more charitable that everyone would like and uh I went with the tax strip for uh We did have that for a while, but yeah. we did also get some really cute um fly swatters. Like pastel color. Yeah, fly pastel swatters. color fly swatters. Right. <laughs> I'm more embarrassed that I know that term. Um, <laughs> So that, that is the, the IDS, I think it's critical to run a business is mm-hmm. um, to learn how to be a great problem solver and to be, yeah. to not just put out fires, but to put out fires in the short term and then prevent them from occurring in the future. Right. And I think that's something I'm really proud of our team mm-hmm. is, and, and hopefully this is something that we've like given them confidence in, but that they can be problem solvers too. Mm -hmm. Like this, it's not like everyone's always just bringing problems to Jeffrey and I, and we're saying, okay, go do this, fix it this way. Mm -hmm. Like it's a whole team collaboration at Mm -hmm. our team meetings of Mm -hmm. thinking about how to solve these things. And, um, and I really love that about our work culture. Yeah. And it went from being you with your own IDS and you adding it to yourself. Exactly. You would deal with something during the week, Mm -hmm. a DM that you had to resolve some sort of issue maybe, or, or something came up. You would add it to the IDS, even if it was just you, but you knew that a few days later, I mean, um, you would come back to it on your own if I was right. there for the meeting. So you can totally do this if you're still one person shop to totally. make sure you're solving long term problems. Totally. Um, okay. So, so it makes me think, um, like when we talk about growth, mm-hmm. uh, another thing that we've talked a lot about is the different types of growth that you can go through, yeah. right? So there's the diversification of a market. So you are choosing to. Um, diversify your product lines to appeal to more people. Mm-hmm. There's the expansion and then of markets and the saturation of markets. So I guess maybe we've talked about that in a pie yeah. scenario. So yeah. you can 
kind of explain it. Well, I guess I can explain that with the diversification. So you're trying to get other pieces of pie by diversifying your product lines. So a tangible mm-hmm. example for us is um, we did clay earrings strictly for a while. And then we tried to we tried to do other things like home wall decor. hangings, which mm-hmm. is home decor, trying to get tap into that market segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've done expansion, which is um, typically this is trying to expand the pie. Geographically. So geographically, which didn't fully apply to us, I guess, because we're e-commerce. But we've definitely seen our e-commerce footprint expand. Totally. Um, and so it's either usually appealing to different geographic locations, if you're a brick and mortar, or appealing to different like audience age demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then market saturation is you're trying to get all of the single pie. So mm-hmm. diversification, getting other pieces of pie, expansion is expanding the pie, and saturation is trying to get all of one pie. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely probably more fallen on the diversification side with how yeah. we've done. I don't know if you want to give an example or if there's one that comes to mind. Well, yeah, I think the... The wall hangings is a great example. That was something that this past fall, um, we were, you know, we had been in business for over a year and um, we had a lot of really loyal customers, um, you know, that had, gosh, like 60 pairs of earrings. And we just felt like, okay, there's a limit here. And so what can we offer these customers that's different. Um, We wanted to diversify our product line so that we could keep these customers around and keep Mm -hmm. serving them in new ways. Um, And so I think that's kind of what started this. And um, wall hangings was um, something that I thought, you know, maybe it's because there was a lot of babies or pregnant people in our studio, but Mm -hmm. these baby mobiles, you know, that would be on the wall that um, were made of clay and wood pieces and it kind of had like a very natural look to them. So that's an example of, you know, we thought of this idea, we did some research on it, we did some testing and... We tried to make a minimum viable product. We tried to make a minimum viable product. So we had three different styles of them and you guys, it did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a learning experience. It yeah, was we did, a learning our experience. Our minimum viable product did not sell like we had thought but yeah. fortunately we hadn't invested we didn't build a hundred of them totally oh uh, my goodness we'd Thank only goodness. built a handful of the tests and see how they would do and so we still have some if anyone wants them <laughs> uh so that was an example of us learning and being able to pivot and i mean think if we had invested so much time and energy even more than we had into mm-hmm. that that would have been really disappointing yeah but i think that all kind of ties back to um I think when you're when you're trying to grow a business, you have to try new things, mm-hmm. and I think that can be really scary in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, it's easy to just keep doing the same thing over and over again because that's the way you've always done it, and it yeah. feels comfortable. Um, and I think it would have been easy for us to just stay in clay mm-hmm. and not clay earrings and not branch out. Um, but I think you learn a lot by testing. Mm-hmm. You learn like what your customers like, what they don't like. And honestly, like fear of failure is something that I, I struggle with. But I think the more I've done this business, the more I've had exposure to failure. Um, for instance, like these wall hangings just not going the way that we thought they would. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the end of the day, you know, I was a little bit bummed. Um, I was surprised. I thought I thought they were super cool. Um, but you learn from that and you pivot and you kind of go on to the next thing. And so... For instance, another um, another product that we um, had di- or used diversification for was going into um, our metal line, and you know we have a clay capsule. We thought, 
well, what if, you know, someone might not be into clay, they want something that's more like every day you could sleep in. And so that's where our metal line came in. And we just tested it out to see how people um, would like it. This was also in the fall. And people loved it. And so that was like a really cool example of like trying something new Mm -hmm. and getting feedback. And I mean, we're still growing. We brought necklaces in. We're Mm -hmm. testing those and seeing how people like those. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of that is diversifying Mm -hmm. our business. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. And I guess the biggest learning lessons are it's okay to fail and to make sure you fail quickly and pivot to the next thing. That's something that we've always tried to make sure that we do and do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the last thing with that, as we wrap up, like how to grow in this mini segment on how to grow. Um, one thing that we've had to learn kind of goes back to the strategic versus technical, but really valuing your time. And it's easy as you start to grow or as you start to kind of experience a little bit of a ramp up to want to hold on to a lot of the things that you did that make it difficult to scale. So um one tangible example for that is we used to hand stamp every single jewelry box. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now, we did. <laughs> <laughs> my wrists still hurt at times. No, um, but uh, now we sell thousands of thousands of earrings every month. And so that would be so many boxes. And it used to take me probably 45 minutes to stamp 100 boxes. And it would take stuff about 20. It shows you a difference <laughs> in how we, our efficiency levels on certain things. Um but we then switched and knew it was going to cost more money, but we bought more expensive boxes. They're a little bit nicer. And then they came um, embossed and they're really, we like them a lot and yeah. they're really exciting. We have new more new ones coming down the pipeline teaser, but um, that was a hard hit in the beginning when we first transitioned because it was a big hit to our margins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was imp- worth you having time to focus on other things and me having time to focus on other things and not just stamping boxes. Yeah. But I think, you know, there was nothing wrong with saving boxes yeah, in the beginning. I think totally. when you're just starting out and you don't have the capital, yeah. like you do what you got to do, you, you know? Scrape ends meet. Make yeah. Ends meet. Totally. And you do it until it's not serving you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that's, you know, that's an exciting thing to get to that point where you're mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, we're selling so many earrings. We cannot keep stamping these boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you there's different points like that in your business. Totally. And I think another one big one that I was resistant to was hiring. Mm. Um, I just, I, it was scary for me to Mm -hmm. think about, I just couldn't imagine it. I couldn't visualize it. I just felt like this is, this is such a, like, um, a creative thing for me. How do I like teach someone else to do that? Um, and it was like super clear to Jeffrey, like you just, show them how to do it and then they do it. Um, and so I think I was resistant to that. Jeffrey was the one that kept nudging me towards like, you know, we're selling out every launch. You can't keep up with demand, um, unless you do more hours. And I didn't want to do more hours at that point, um, with my kids at home. And so I think hiring on our first two gals was a big hurdle Mm -hmm. for me to get over. And there was a lot of time that went into, training them and, you know, then quality Mm -hmm. and kind of double checking the work and all of that. But gosh, now I can't, if we had never chosen to like take that step, Mm -hmm. um, and hire or even outsource certain things, you know, Mm -hmm. certain things we're not good at, um, our business would not be where it is today. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So making sure you're doing things that are sustainable Mm -hmm. and as you grow, being Mm -hmm. willing to let go of things at times to focus on other things. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Cool. Short and sweet. 
<laughs> Do you want to like move into the lightning round? Oh yeah, I forgot about our lightning round. Thanks for reminding me. Yes. Okay, so first one's for you. What would be your a book or podcast recommendation on growing a business? Um, I I really like Zero to One by Peter Thiel, so that he talks a lot about how to take an idea which kind of goes back to our first episode, but then how to grow it and mm-hmm. how to like help think of a unique idea as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great one. Um, I'll stop at one. I know. I'm <laughs> really surprised that self-control over there. <laughs> that was why I was pausing. Uh, yeah. I would recommend that one as a first great entry level into starting a business. Do you notice I changed the question? I didn't say what was your favorite book. I just said, give a book recommendation. Yeah. Cause it's not my favorite book, but yeah. I think it's a great one. It's a good one to start yeah. with. Yeah. Because I, I have like too it. many favorite books. Too many. <laughs> uh, so what would be a new idea for you as you think about like market segmentation yeah. for diversifying? Yeah, this is a great question. I feel like, so we have a product development team mm-hmm. um, at Clay by Staff. And so we're always trying to think of like, you know, new products that we can bring. Like what do our customers want? How can we serve them? Um, but I think one that's buried in me that I would love to do one day is to get into clothing. Mm. I think that's, you know, I talked about that at the top of this podcast. I've always loved styling and, um, and I think that would be so fun to learn Mm -hmm. more about. So I think that's kind of bouncing around in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, the next one, what's something that you were resistant to in the beginning, but you love now? So this could be like a system or something that we had to change. Hmm. Business related? Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, man. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was music in the studio. And we had a high school musical blare in the other day. I was resistant oh to gosh. our music playlist at times. And now I've like come back. <laughs> but now you love it. it? Now I love it. Now I oh my I gosh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think things that I was resistant to though in the beginning system wise. I, I think that it's easy to want to scale things and just for my mind to just like, how can we improve upon this and make it more efficient? Mm-hmm. And things that I've learned to accept are, especially in the handmade world, like sometimes you can't to improvements that would make things easier scaled so mm-hmm. post-production is really time consuming, time consuming yeah. and laborious and messy it involves a lot of buffing and using dremels and drilling and mm-hmm. gluing and it's painful and it's not the easiest system to use technology is not fully inf- uh, infiltrated that area and jeffrey I has looked to. into it you yeah. guys he's looked into <laughs> robots to help us with our post-production <laughs> but at the end of the day this is a handmade yeah. product and i've learned to accept that and now appreciate that for what it is yeah. and i don't think i did not come from that world so that's an example mm-hmm. coupled with high school musical yeah i think for me um so that's it, it's hard for Jeffrey because he is like all about change. Like every week it feels like he wants to like try something new and it's just exciting and it gives him life. Um I'm the opposite. I'm a 6 on the Enneagram and it just it gives me anxiety to change things because I'm like, well, this way is working for me now mm-hmm. even if it's hard and not really working. It's what I know. Um, so I think an example of this is our master sheet. Mm. <laughs> so That's at one. one point, you guys, who all of our earrings that we made, 
the designs, the colors, all of it, the only place it lived was in my head. <laughs> like, I don't remember when we created the master oh, sheet. Man. Maybe last spring? Yeah, probably like spring of 2020. I remember we were talking to our business coach and he like asked this question like, oh, like, you know, how do you track all these things? Like, where do you keep it? Like, what, do you have like, a document or yeah. something? What's a Google sheet name, I think, or something like very specific. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, what are you talking about? <laughs> just ask me and I'll tell you. <laughs> and it was just one of those things that he encouraged us mm-hmm. and it just made so much sense. Like, all right, Steph, you need to put this stuff down somewhere else in order to be able to delegate things mm-hmm. um, better and bring more people on and let more people into that part of the process. So that was really hard for me to create that document. Like the setting, cause we had probably already had a couple over, hundred, over 500 earrings, earrings at, at the point. time. So for me to sit down and, write you know, took to pictures area. of everything, write the recipe of how to make that color. Um, it took, I was really resistant to that, but now it's like a document that our whole team uses like every single day. Now it's just easy to add to it because you only have to add it's a handful so mm-hmm. um, of the earrings to that. And now we have someone on our team that handles that too. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was that was a big one. I remember it was like pulling like teeth from me. Yeah. Ugh. Um, okay, I have another question that you didn't know about, okay. but I want to ask you. Okay, so as far as growing a business or how we grew our business, mm-hmm. Um, what percentage would you say is luck <laughs> and what would you say is skill or talent? Um, this is, if you listen to how I built this, um, which Jeffrey and I love that podcast, he asked this question to all the, the entrepreneurs at the end of it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with luck and I think that's something to keep in mind for anyone starting a business is that trends are really important and consumer, behaviors and habits change a lot. And so typically most people aren't creating something that like disrupts an industry and creates a whole new consumer desire that wasn't there before. So for us, mm-hmm. I think it was really timely when you chose to get into clay. It was just starting out and you're able yeah. to ride the wave up. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really helpful. Now it's really, really hard to get into clay because there's so much market saturation. Yeah. Um, so I would say it had a lot to do with luck. Mm-hmm. And then I, w- I would say 95% luck. Okay. Ooh, I like it. And then 5% hard, hard work. Yeah. Um, showing up every day. Showing up every day and taking learning. tools that we've learned. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the, I think we're constantly learning still. Yeah. And it's easy. I never want to lose that eager attitude to learn. Yeah. Because we don't have it all figured out. We're still learning a lot as we go. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been a lot, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> What would you say? Wait, I'm going to spin around you oh, since I didn't know this question was coming. Like luck for sure. Okay. <laughs> for sure. No, I mean, I, I do agree. It is a lot of hard work, um, but I think that there is a lot of factors that are out of your control. Um, yeah. And I think we felt that like with this business, like we said in the original or the first podcast that we did is that we just felt like there were a lot of open doors for us. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. That's why the idea is so important to couple with. Mm-hmm how people respond. Yeah. Okay. So the next episode we're really excited about, um, we are going to talk about what it's like to work together in this business. Husband and wife team. Duo. I can't remember telling you how many times I've heard people say like, Oh, I can never work with my spouse. I hear that all the time too. 
which is okay if some spouses can't work together if you know your boundaries well i think i probably thought that at some point i don't know i mean it is actually no that's not true i did not think that ever you always thought we'd be engaged i thought we'd be great my goodness we'll talk about that next time apparently we don't agree we got more more to come yeah (laughs) thanks guys yeah thanks for listening